But then again, who asked me? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Who Asked Me podcast. Per usual, my name is Zell. This is going to be our Bravo episode for the week. So we will be recapping all things Housewives from last week's episodes. Some more interesting than others, but we'll get there. Before we get into those recaps, though, uh, I just got a little something. I want to I sprinkle my two cents in. We're not even going to call it a full two cents, okay? Let's call it a penny and a half. So Jamil Hill from ESPN and Candace Dillard had a Twitter misunderstanding. And I'm going to call it a misunderstanding because that's what I ultimately feel like it was. So Jamil was getting caught up on Potomac. She is still in season five. While she was at home getting caught up, she was tweeting. Very normal. I know somebody who has literally watched all 5.5 seasons of Potomac in the last two weeks. She started her own Twitter thread. It was amazing for me to see all of her thoughts on the episodes as she watched them. I loved it. So Jamil was giving her opinions. Some of them we already have debuked and squashed within the Bravos verse that are like, uh, those of us that are up to date is what I'm trying to say. Well, Candy Gal, something Jamil said struck a nerve for Candy Gal. I just think it was a situation of her Jamil not knowing. Okay. Where I was like mm, with Candace was Candace got on Twitter and replied to some of Jamil's tweets and said, since you're too chicken shit and don't I or no, she said, I tried to hop in your DMs, but you're too chicken shit and you have them off. Okay, this is my thing with that. Jamil Hill's DMs are not off because she decided she wanted to watch Potomac and talk shit. You know what I mean? Her DMs are off because when she was on ESPN and after she left, she was getting death threats from racists. That's why they're off. And I think her comments are limited too. That's why it was more of a safety thing. It wasn't like, oh, I want to sit here and talk shit about Candace Diller from Potomac. So let me turn my DMs off. That's not what it was, babes. I could also see like Candace calling her chicken shit if she had her blocked. You know what I mean? Like if she hopped on Twitter and was like, oh, I'm going to say all this and block her on all these platforms. That's not what happened. I am all for Candace tweeting her and being like, actually, girl, there's a few things you've missed. I tried to hop in your DMs, but they're closed. Let me know if you want to talk. The chicken shit is where I'm like, Candace, I understand that people pick with her and she is treated differently than certain others, okay, that say worse things. But just because Joe Schmo treats me differently and I have a past with him doesn't mean I can bring that energy into Jack Schmo. You know what I mean? It's like, Candace, I don't expect you to take everything, babes. I really, really don't. But at the end of the day, come on now. You getting on Twitter calling that lady chicken shit? You know she don't know what we know. So just have a little conversation. I also found it weird because Nicki Minaj had commented, remember when we were all freaking out, like, ah, Nicki, watch it, da-da-da-da-da. Nicki Minaj was like, oh, Candace, um, I want to have a few talks with you, babes. Like, 
And Candace said, oh, you may not be on my side, but this is still an honor. Okay, well, you, you're you fine with Nicki Minaj maybe not seeing it, I like what you saw in eye to eye, but Jamil Hill is just commenting. You know what I mean? I saw some people saying also like, well, Jamil Hill is on a platform and it's like, yes, but that doesn't mean that she doesn't have opinions on the shows that she watches. Like we all had an opinion. What are you talking about? She's not seeing it through a different lens. I mean, at the end of the day, I saw a tweet and this is pretty much sums it up. We as a society must move on from season five Potomac. We can't go back there. And I've said it a few times on this podcast. So Candace and me, our relationship that she doesn't know exists, we're moving forward. Okay. Her commentary this season is 10 out of 10. I just think that that was a huge ass misunderstanding that I was like, wow, Uh wow. All right. And one other thing before we hop into the recaps, we learned that unfortunately, Nene Leak's husband, Greg's health is declining and rapidly. And my heart goes out to them. Um, Love Greg, love Nene. I just, I, my heart goes out to them. So on that note, let's get into the recaps. We will start with Roni. So after our brief little vacation from Roni last week, a leave of absence, if you will, we are back with the NY girlies. Um, If you listen to last week's episode, you know, I did not watch and I didn't recap it. We're not going back there. We're moving forward. Um, And next week, so technically this week, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, when it comes out is the season finale of Roni. And I can believe it, but I also can't this season of Roni just feels like, I don't know, like the day after an acid trip, like you're just like, what the fuck was that? I know some of it happened and I probably have to deal with it, but like also, huh? After all of these cash shakeup rumors, um, you know, reunion rumors, I'm tired. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you already know how I feel about the Roni cast and what I think should happen. If you don't know, I think it's two episodes before this one that I mention it, something like that. I just, I want the rumors to stop. Okay. And that's where I'm at with Roni right now. I don't believe a goddamn thing that I read about Roni at this moment because shit has gotten out of hand. All right. And to think that we still don't have a reunion filmed, part of me thinks that they do. Like, part of me really thinks that there is a reunion filmed already, but I don't know, whatever. Because Andy tweeted yesterday that Beverly Hills is getting ready to film their reunion. We saw that New Jersey has wrapped up filming on their season. We are literally about to watch the season finale of New York, and they still haven't filmed a reunion? What are y'all going to show us? What are y'all going to show us? I don't want to see what we miss, like never before scenes. Y'all do that already now. You make them full episodes. Like back in the day, how they used to have a filler. What you what didn't make the cut episode in between the season finale and the reunion? I don't want to see that, okay? Anyways, this episode of Roni was honestly kind of sleeper. We learned that Leah is writing a book. Cute for her, love it. Probably not going to read it, but I'm glad for her. Get some coin, all right? Um, We see dinner with 
part of her family. Her sister's not there. And we get to see more of the dynamic between her and her mom. And I will say this, when it comes to the conversation that they had at dinner, that is something that I actually saw both sides 50-50. And y'all know I don't really see Leah's side often this season. Okay. Um, you know, she's reflecting. She says that maybe if she wasn't so into partying that she could have gone to an Ivy League school or been a professional athlete or something. And her mom's like, yeah, that's what happens when you lose your life to drugs and alcohol. And it's like, okay, bunny, that's a little steep. She didn't lose her life. She's still here. She lost a significant amount of time, which that is sad no matter what, especially when it comes to drugs and alcohol. Also, how I feel is I feel like a lot of people, no matter what they go through, it may not be drugs and alcohol and addiction, but a lot of people do lose a significant amount of time in their lives worrying about things that they shouldn't, but it gets them to where they are today, hopefully, which is, you know, a moment of reflection, shoulda, coulda, woulda, hindsight is twenty twenty, so they can then pass that knowledge on to other people and help them. It's like the circle of life, right? I don't know, whatever. I'll read the cliff notes of Leah's book. Like I'm gonna I'm a read the cliff notes, all right? But anyways, I just kind of understood that moment because me, me and my mom are close. We've always been close, but there was definitely a point of time in my early 20s and right after high school also that we didn't necessarily see eye to eye on a lot of things. I didn't go to college. Um, I did like a year and a half of community college and then I did beauty. I went to beauty school and I did hair for like five, six years, which she was fine with. Um, you know, there have been, she's made comments of course of like, Oh, when are you going to go back to school? Like in the past now she knows I'm not doing that. Um, I actually tried at one point, not for me, but nevertheless, there's always this disconnect. And yes, I see it from her point of view. There was definitely a point in time when I was partying. Okay. Not nothing like Leah, but I definitely did my fair share of partying. My mom was not happy about it. That wasn't a secret. Um, and you know, I'm here today to talk about it. Lessons were learned. No regrets. I feel like Leah probably feels the same way. So we also find out that Ebony has found her father, which love that for her. She has two sisters. She has nieces and nephews. And I hope that if she comes back next season, we get to see more of that journey. But I also understand if we don't because the hate that Ebony has received, people are fucking nuts. So if she doesn't want to show her family, if her family doesn't want to be on TV, I completely understand that. I just love that journey for her. And I'm so happy that she has found them. We also see that Sonia got COVID and that is why production shut down for four weeks. So when it, production comes back up, you know, Sonia is like, I spent my time reflecting. I was super sick during COVID. And I mean, I was the same way when I had COVID. I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? What is life? I mean, you're isolated. So you just, well, my fiance had it too. We both had it at the same time, but like you are isolated. You have nothing to do but think. So that's what she did. And in her thoughts, her, she realizes like, maybe I'm too mean to my friends. 
do I personally feel like Sonia is too mean to Sonia or Ramona and Luann? No, but that's them and that's their friendship. How I do feel though, is that Ramona and Luann take advantage of Sonia maybe feeling guilty. They also, they always try and martyr themselves when it comes to Sonia because there's a hot phone moment, if you will, where Sonia is on the phone with Luann she says, all right, love you. She thinks she hangs up, throws phone down. And she says, oh my gosh, I love my friend Luanne. Why am I so mean to her? Yada, yada. And Luanne's like, I can hear you, bitch. And the story, how Luanne decides to repeat it, just snowballs into something that it was not. She's like, I'm not going to be a punching bag for Sonia. Luanne, I know, I know damn well you are not saying that you are fucking Sonia's punching bag. You literally pretty much called her a broken whore from Connecticut earlier in the season over Tom, who you were married to for one minute and 23 seconds. Like, but you're, you're Sonia's punching bag. Okay. All righty. We're going back to the Hamptons to end the season the way we started it. And to be honest, I don't care. I'm ready to be done with it. I'm happy Brashawn is coming back. I'm happy to see her, okay? Sonia better mind her P's and Q's because I don't have time. I don't have it in me. Let's wrap this season up. Let's get to the reunion, talk about some things, actually talk about some things, okay? Not just graze over them. I find it weird also because like when they arrive in the Hamptons, Ebony's like, I feel like these girls are like my best friends. And when she said that, I was like, really? You feel that way? I don't know. That's her. Those are her relationships. But to you know hear what we've been hearing that apparently there's some beef and we can't even sit down and record a reunion i don't know i have no fucking clue what's going on i just know we need to fucking get to it and then maybe take a break and shake some things up all right that's gonna be it for roni this week let's head on over to beverly hills where the real the real drama is happening And the mess over in Beverly Hills was not short of anything this week, just like the rest of the season. You know, I realized we are on episode 14. Like the one we just saw was episode 14. I don't feel like we've been doing this for 14 weeks. I feel like it just came on, but child, here we are, okay? Now, we started off this episode with Renna in her garage dresses and her wondering why Amelia couldn't just date Harry Styles and because Harry Styles don't want to date her he got a girlfriend and she got a man. All right. Let it fizzle out. Her and Scott are not getting married. Listen, I say that, but I know if I was a mom, I would probably feel the same way. And like I have said multiple times when I was fucking 20, my boyfriend was 35. So it is what it is. He definitely wasn't Scott Disick, but still same age difference. Speaking of these garage dresses, the fact that Rena has these thousands of dollar dresses probably if you added it up over a million dollars worth of dresses in her fucking garage is baffling to me baffling to me okay we also get to see uh delilah's fine ass boyfriend again because that is one thing i'm not gonna deny her boyfriend is fine okay good for her i also maybe i'm tardy to the party but i realized that rena is literally Regina George's mom from Mean Girls. 
Like when I was looking at her, look at her daughters, try to close, I was like, oh, that's Regina George's mom. Of course, of course it is. Okay. We see Dorit go over to Crystal and we see her try and set up the groundwork for how she's about to come at Garcelle. And we will get there. Crystal is also making them a little snack. And she tells us that Dorit doesn't like garlic in that track. She looks like a salt and pepper lady. She looks like those are the only two seasonings in her pantry. It tracks. Now, I just want to say that there's no denying that Beverly Hills has always been one of those franchises that they throw shade in confessionals. They don't, they're not like super upfront. So I don't understand why Dorit is acting like they're in Atlanta or Potomac. You know what I mean? You're not. That's how y'all do it over in Beverly Hills. That's what we're used to. And Dorit, I don't think you were ready for what Garcelle had to say. And it's not even the read of it all. Because a lot of people think like, oh, she cleared her. She snapped on her. The actual snapping and the cuss words and things like that. For me, when I clear somebody and I read them, I came with the fucking car facts, okay? I, you came and you gave me your points and I checked, marked all of those fucking boxes. I stayed on point and I got your ass looking stupid. And if you ask me, that is what Garcelle did to Dorit. Dorit just doesn't know how to shut the fuck up, Okay. The clips that they're showing, even when Dorit's explaining, oh, she takes little jabs. It's Garcelle saying the shit to Dorit. She says it to her. She has to stop acting like Garcelle spends her free time, her time away from Dorit and away from the ladies talking about Garcelle. She responds in the moment to what Dorit is saying when it's relevant. And I just don't think she's used to that, okay? So we'll dive into that in a little bit, but we get to see the alliance that is Rena and Kyle and part, or Rena and uh, Erica, I'm sorry, and part of Kyle, because there is an alliance there. And if you notice, if you notice when they're all sitting around at Erica's and she's pouring the champagne in the flutes, she says, they'll probably try and take these away, but they won't get them. And it's like, Erica, baby, Yes, they will, because victims, you know? So the women start talking about Sutton. Honestly, if you notice, they were actually talking about Sutton and Dorit, but the conversation kept getting geared toward Sutton. Like I said last week, Dorit, I don't know if you realize that you have a camera and a microphone on and Erica is going to see every fucking thing you said at your house but you do. Okay. And I said this on Instagram earlier in the season, when Sutton and Crystal were arguing, Erica said, Sutton's a nice Southern girl. She doesn't mean any harm. And now when the nice Southern girl, and I'm using air quotes there, values are geared towards her, it's an issue. Sutton is still that nice Southern girl worried about her reputation. Okay. And how it affects her and not being seen with a quote unquote criminal. Like, are we really shocked that shocked that Sutton is worried about her reputation? Like, honestly, all of these women are worried about their reputation. They're just not as upfront about it. Okay. Because that's the card Lisa Renna tried to play when she was talking about why her and Denise weren't friends anymore. And she told that God awful story earlier in the season. 
Also something to pick up from the little powwow between Kyle, Erica, and Rena was Kyle sniper from the side. Okay. Cause they were discussing Sutton and then Kyle just sneaks in there and she says, so did you want to leave? And that's when she starts her digging. She's sneaky that dookie. You got to watch her. You got to watch her. This is also the scene where we see Erica say, I didn't have a prenup and I still haven't seen one dime from him. Erica. Erica. Now listen, I think you know at this point that there is no silver bronze coin to be seen from Tom Girardi. I think at the time that she filmed that, she knows. However, let's fast forward to today. They were auctioning off panties from his office just last week. Please stop this, Erica. And also, she's being sued, allegedly, for like $25 million. Please stop this. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being on national television and the internet, taking the stance that she has taken? Meanwhile, panties are being auctioned off from your estranged husband's office to gain money for victims. If my name had anything to do with auctioning off panties so victims could be paid their money, I would be nothing but sunshine and rainbows when somebody needed to talk to me. And that is my thing with her. Again, I will go over how I feel. Do I think that Erica was the criminal mastermind? No, it was Tom. Do I think that he came home every night and said, Look, sweetie, this is how many people we scammed today. No, I don't. But do I think she had a clue and she has never looked into it because she was benefiting from it? Yes. And now she's trying to cover him, cover him and help him the best way she can while still maintaining that she's divorcing him. It's just like, Erica, you could have done so many things here. So many things to unscrew yourself, but you really just keep screwing yourself tighter. I've seen more of that lady's bank statements in the past few months than I've seen my own. And I check my bank statements quite frequently. (sighs) Now this party at Crystal's is cute. First and foremost is real cute. Gave me some ideas for my bridal shower, but on like the Midwest scheme, not the Beverly Hills scheme, obviously. I love how Garcelle saunters into events with these women because like you can tell that she's fucking over it. She saunters in like, oh, child, I got a work thing, um, but I can meet you for dinner in about an hour. I'm not going to stay long because she was the first one there. And you know what they say. When black people are the first ones there, we don't plan on staying long. I'm just kidding. That's probably not true for Garcelle, but I know that's true for me. Don't worry. Sutton shows up and she's serving big divine secrets of the Yaya sisterhood, both in fashion and in emotional vibes. And I love that for her. It's so on brand. Now, I will say this. I do think that Garcelle knew something was going to piss her off that day because it's just the way she looked. Like, we never, ever saw her eyeballs at all this episode. She had those sunglasses on the entire time. She was just like, ugh, I'm done. And honestly, let's just get to the sit-down lunch. Doree was doomed from the beginning because she didn't come with her car facts. She probably thought long and hard about how she was going to accidentally, I'm using air quotes there, bring up uh, the conversation with Garcelle. And all she could come up with was, again, accidentally, 
calling Crystal Garcelle's name. Then she goes into, oh, I just have to get all of this off my mind. And this woman, this woman who we've watched on television for the past five years had the audacity to call Garcelle a bully. Now, the internet has already done what it does and put a compilation together of Erica being a bully, but let's talk. Let's talk about a few things, okay? First of all, do y'all remember LVP? You don't think y'all bullied her off the cast? And I'm not talking about LVP as a housewife in whole before y'all start getting your panties in a bunch. I'm talking about the actual isolated season and incident of Lucy Lucy Apple Juice of how, what led to LVP not being on the cast anymore. All right? And now, if you if you don't want to say the LVP thing, y'all remember Denise? You don't think y'all bullied Denise off the cast? Prying into that lady's sex life? What did that have to do with y'all? Nothing. Y'all don't think you bullied her? All right, all right, okay. If y'all don't think you bullied her, let's talk about this. Y'all remember Rena with Yolanda and the Munchausen syndrome? Y'all remember that? No? You want to have pretend amnesia? Okay, all right. Let's take it back a little bit further. Do y'all remember Rena with Kim Richards, Kyle's sister, saying she was near death? Was that not bullying? Were not none of those jabs? So in the words of Garcelle, yeah, fuck you. I honestly was not going to bring this up because I'm tired of seeing online like, it's not always about race. Y'all want to, no, shut the fuck up. And secondly, this is my podcast, so I'm going to say what I want to say. At the end of the day, it speaks fucking volumes that we're on season 11 of this show. And the things we've seen in the past four or five seasons with the Fox Force phonies and the other women on the cast and not, or that are no longer on the cast, and not once, not once has the word bully ever been brought up. But when Garcelle comes into play, it is. Garcelle really has not done anything out of the ordinary on this show, except for actually generally be upfront and honest, like they say they want. These women don't want upfront and honesty in the true form. They want it on their terms. They want to hear their truth, not anyone else's. Now, I'm not going to call Dorit a flat out racist, but this is what I will say. She is very microaggressive. I think she is very systemically racist. And I think she has some major, major unconscious biases that she's not willing to take herself out of the equation and think, hmm, I see what some may be talking about, okay? I'm not gonna revisit the whole Garcelle and Kyle thing because honestly, people are exhausting me with that conversation. I'm not gonna tell a black person that that wasn't racist. That's not what that was if that's how they felt, okay? Especially when it comes to something as big as a stereotype. So when these, and why I'm lumping these women all together kind of with Dorit is because when Dorit took out her loaded gun of microaggressive language 
towards Garcelle, not one of these women at the table, attempted to stop her and say, well, Dorit, it's like, no. Okay. They all were dead ass silent. And then when Kyle did talk, she was like, I don't want it to seem like I'm trying to like make things better here, but I kind of am, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I can only imagine the frustration that Garcelle had that day. She sat there. She let Dorit speak her piece and child, did she speak? And Garcelle literally said, oh yeah, I remember that. I said that. Okay. Let's talk about it. I mean, what else can you ask for? And when Dorit was throwing her little jabs and Garcelle chuckled, I felt that because you're all, you're explaining instances where I was upfront and honest with you, but you didn't appreciate it. So what is it, Dorit? You either want me to be upfront and honest, or you don't want me to be myself and throw, and throw little jabs. I'm using air quotes, say, air quotes there. And then for Garcelle to say, yeah, I have a problem when you won't let people talk. And Dorit says, so say that. Kyle said it to me. Like her whole demeanor there. Kyle said it to me. Erica said it to me. And it's like, oh my God, girl, did I, I just said that. Did I not just say that? I said, I have a problem when you won't let people talk. And then we see a couple clips when Garcelle says, you don't let anybody talk. And Kathy Hilton even said, let me nip this in a bud. It's not like you haven't heard this before. That's what I was waiting for somebody to say. Dorit, We've all said this. You and Kyle got into a fake fight about it earlier. And when Dorit asked if they're friends, which please don't get me started how these Beverly Hills women try and weaponize the word friendship, Garcelle finally says, I think we started out as that, but ultimately I don't know where I stand with y'all. And I feel that. I've been in those spaces before. It's fucking exhausting. So yeah, I'm just here to collect my check. We don't need to do anything more, anything less. They just want Garcelle to be like, okay, I want them to be my friend. I want my friend so bad, so fucking bad. So I'm just going to do whatever they want. No, absolutely not. So when Dorit realized she was, was not going to get Garcelle wrapped up like she thought she was, she brings up Palm Springs. She knew what she was doing there. And I agree with her, her as in Garcelle. Fuck you for that. One, you weren't even fucking there. Two, I have had this cleared up for your ass multiple fucking times and you keep wanting to twist the motherfucking story. Shut the fuck up. And I would have got up from that table too. And Dorit talking about, do you want to talk about it? No, I have been sitting here talking to you, letting you say your piece in the words of Erica, letting you have your moment. I'm done. I'm fucking done. Like all you're doing is hijacking conversation over and over and over. Speaking of hijacking, we didn't even get to finish this whole conversation between um, Crystal, when Crystal tagged in, because Crystal, again, tries to say, we've been over this. So I don't know why it keeps getting brought up. And my only thing with Crystal, which she she probably didn't know, this was before when they were eating at her house. I wish she would just say that in the group, but I understand she's still new. Like, guys, I'm going to say this one last time. 
Garcelle didn't hear Erica say she didn't want to talk about it. But then Miss Sutton accidentally said, she said, don't bring it to the group. And Erica took that time to have her moment with Sutton. Now, before I get into that, Garcelle and uh, Dorit, she's like, I don't want to, Dorit says, I don't want to be accused of berating a point. (laughs) And Garcelle just looks at her and says, noted. As if to say, girl gone. And Dorit says something stupid back. And it's just like, I cannot stand a person that needs to have the last word. Got it. I have gotten into arguments with plenty of people where, where they're super petty and they will just be like, sure, glad to hear it. But I'm like, bro, I will, really? You sound so silly and so immature. Now, Erica, again, I don't want to say that Erica read Sutton for Phil, but let me, let me say this. I'm with Sutton. I when she laughed at her, it was funny. She, you keep laughing. I'll go all day with you. I'll go all day with you here. Erica's change of voice is always, always very fucking comical to me. But we did learn from a never before seen that Sutton actually offered Erica money, and it's like, okay. This is making a little bit more sense now to why she's digging. Now, Erica didn't take the money from what I understand, but if you think that you're close enough with somebody and you offer them money, I do get the digging to a certain extent. And again, I'm just not shocked that Sutton cares about her reputation. Like, duh, that's who she is. Whew, child, that dinner was a lot. Next week, we are getting the, or what, or what? And Sutton is like, girl, or nothing. What you think we finna tear this table up? Them ladies are about to act a fool in Kathy Hilton's house. Can you imagine being at Kathy Hilton's house for dinner? Acting a damn fool. I'm surprised Kathy allowed it. Oh, speaking of the Richard sisters... So as we know, Kyle and Kathy haven't spoken much over the past 10 years. It all started when um, Maurizio used to work for Rick for his real estate company. And then when they broke off and decided to um, develop the agency, what I read, so this is alleged, is that Maurizio at first, Rick and Kathy were supportive. They were like, yeah, absolutely. Rick and Maurizio had a gentleman's agreement. Um, so nothing on paper, just like, yeah, I take you as at your word as a man, um, that Maurizio would not take any clients from Rick. And that is actually not what happened. So it started there and then it spiraled into, you know, when Kyle decided to develop American woman and listen, First things first, I will let you know, I have been listening to the Reality Reading Rainbow podcast, House of Hilton episodes, and there's and it's about the book, House of Hilton, by um, Jerry Oppenheimer, I think. I could be wrong about that name, but it, it's a lot. And in the 
book, I guess they talked to a lot of people that knew the family and people that were willing to give their names. Um, obviously, the Hilton Richards have come out and said all of it is fabricated and not true. But, you know, Kathy would have rathered Kyle not do American Woman because she says there's no way that they would have just been interested at it being surface level. So what Kathy is saying is they would have kept digging and there's so much out there about our family and our mom in general in the first place that, yeah, it would, Kyle says, it's like a love letter to mom. It would start off like that, but then it, you know, it's a TV show. It's got to bring the drama. So people would start saying, oh, did that happen? Did that happen? Did that happen? Kind of much like the crown. You know what I mean? And they just don't want to do any more digging. And I will say this. I get it. It's very old school. Um, My mom and my family, we say, you don't let anybody in to sink the ship. You don't let anybody in to compromise us. And you don't do anything to potentially compromise yourself or your family. Even my mom, when I told her I had a podcast, she, you know, kind of took pause and was just like, what are you talking about? And I could sense the hesitation. You know, I don't, my mom doesn't do social media. She hates it. She, and we're not in anywhere near the famous or the Richard sisters, like anything like that. She just does not like, you know, people talking about her or family or anything like that. Um, like for example, I don't post on Facebook a lot, but if, and when I do sometimes older family members will take it, turn it into something, she gets a call and that's what she doesn't like. It's not that she thinks, oh my God, Giselle might've posted something that was just completely out of term. She doesn't like how it gets twisted and turned. And so she just rather it not be out there in the first place. And I think that's where Kathy is coming from. My mom and I, again, are not big Kathy and the Richard sisters, because who the Hilton Richard Dugans is a deep hole that I have been in the past couple days. Kyle is coming from, well, these are my stories too. And I would never disrespect our family. Um, and it's just all re- There's just already so much out there though. Like it would not have been able to be contained. And that's what Kathy's saying. Kathy also said that she had a letter drafted up from a lawyer saying you are not to use me and my family in any way, shape, or form that she was prepared to give to Kyle. And she says that she would have done that to her own children. And I find a few aspects of that weird slash interesting because are you saying Paris had to get permission from her to do her documentary and say what was going to come out? I didn't watch the Paris Hilton documentary. I know there's a lot in there, but I just, I get what Kathy is saying because ultimately she's trying to protect, but those are, there's the institution, okay, so the whole family, but then everybody has their story within the institution that they want to tell and they are well within their rights to tell, if that makes sense. The things that they say that big Kathy would do and say it's a lot. Um, it's a lot. I do think that little Kathy, as the oldest, um, I think ultimately their perspectives are different. Also, to backtrack a little bit, 
when I said about like the pair, did Paris have to get her permission? We also know that Kim was trying, wanted to write a book, a memoir. And apparently Kyle and Kathy were like, skirt, what you finna say? That is the part that I find kind of fucked up because Kim has a story that she wants to tell and it's her story. You know, there are things that have happened to me that I have a brother that he may not know about. Okay. That pertain to our family. And he's, uh, if I were to, you know, come out and say X, Y, Z, this is my experience, blah, blah, blah. And he tried to serve me and say, no, you can't say that about X, Y, Z. I would be like, yes, I can, because it's my story. That's where just all that gets tricky, especially in a legal sense. Okay. I also think it would probably be different if Big Kathy were still here. Because this is how, what I perceive from little Kathy. I think she's saying, ultimately, just let mom rest in peace. She's gone. We can't go back in the past ever. We can't take any of the things back or change any of things or even ask mom where her head was at. So why don't we just leave it? And I kind of get that because I've had close to, people close to me pass away. And I really hate when people try and rewrite the past in general, but especially when someone, a big part of that has passed away. You know, I'm not going to lie. I was very speechless after I listened to the podcast about the Richard sisters um, and the family in general. I used to say that I hope Kim was getting help in somewhere in therapy. I hope all of them, every single last one of them is, you know, it's very unfortunate. It made me, even that conversation between Kyle and Kathy at the end made me look at them with like a lot more empathy than I thought I would have for them. I don't know. It's a lot in that, especially more so for Kathy. I don't have any problems with Kathy Hill and I really didn't know a whole bunch about her until she came on the show. But I did understand where she was coming from when it came to her trying to protect the image of the family. You know, she mentioned a scene that was an American woman of, I guess, Alicia Silverstone floating in the pool. She couldn't even say it. She was like the pool with the, I think she probably has some memories that she has compartmentalized and she just doesn't, she's like, we can't go back there. We can't change it. Let's let a sleeping dog lie and let it be. I am happy the Richard sisters are in a better place. It really, it kind of warmed my heart to see them have that moment. Um, and then I listened to all those podcasts and I was just like, wow, wow. Huh, but that is it for Beverly Hills this week. Let's head on over to Potomac where there is even more mess. Now, before I dive into this Potomac recap, let me tell y'all, let me tell y'all, Robin Dixon stands. I'm going to give y'all a little, little minute to decide whether or not you would like to continue on this episode because I have some things to say to you girls. So I'm gonna take a sip of my wine let you ponder for a quick sec, and then we'll get into it. 
All right now, y'all back? You good? You want to stay? Because what you're not going to do is be in my DMs. I'm like, no, because da, da, da. no, I said what I said when it comes to Robin. So let's get into it. First things first, we see the aftermath of Wendy absolutely clearing Giselle, rightfully so. And Robin says, oh my God, the delusion is setting in. And you know what, girl? Actually, you're right. You're right. The delusion is setting in for you. You are very delusional, Robin Dixon. Very. Robin then says something that I'm like, mm, okay, I'll give, you, I'll give you like a half a point, half a gold star. She says, so are we mad at Ashley? Because what the fuck is that? Now, first things first, my initial reaction was Robin. You are a full grown ass woman. Are you mad at Ashley? You were there to witness that entire thing, the entire day, honestly. Do you decide that you are upset with Ashley on how all of that went down? Because yeah, she came in, dropped a few bombs and left in the night with her breast milk, as Candace would say. However, don't ask Giselle, don't ask the group. Are you yourself mad at Ashley? If not, fine, that's fine. Don't be mad. Secondly, okay. Fair question to pose to the group, not to make your own decision. But third, you called Wendy loose. I want people to stop forgetting that. Whether she was trying to talk to her about her change in behavior, her, the way she dresses or her surgeries, calling her loose, loose, doesn't have anything to do with any of the rest of that. Loose. Y'all, maybe, you know what? Maybe you, Robin Dixon Sands, can't come in my DMs and tell me what you interpret it as loose. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if somebody calls me, me loose, huh, baby, run, let's just fight. In the words of Jackie, let's just fight. Jackie Christie from Basketball Wives. Let's just put your fucking hands up, okay? Because bitch loose wear. But anyways, okay. Somebody also says, how are we supposed to have a fun girl's trip and we cussing each other out? That's literally what you guys are paid to do. It's how you earn your check. So stop that. We started this trip out with Karen and Giselle arguing. Don't say that again. Okay, stop it. Candace is right though. And again, she's shocking me with her voice of reason. Because when Giselle tries to say, Wendy shouldn't be in a group if she gonna be so sensitive. Girl, please. I've literally seen all of you women cry at some point or another. Robin, when Robin was in this position with Juan and his allegations, she had a mouthful of food and was about to choke on it because she was tearing up. She was my family, my family. Girl, shut up. She went to Ashley's job and got in her face. When it came to Juan Dixon and his cheating allegations, please stop this. Please stop this. You've been in her position. All right. The green eyed bandage trying to control Wendy's emotions is just so absolutely fucking ridiculous to me. Can you imagine someone saying something that triggers you and then telling you how you should respond and how you should feel about it? I, at this point, bring Wendy back, go to the cottage, get her Uber from the cottage and bring her back to cuss y'all out again, because I'm tired. I'm already tired. Now, we have to take a break from the mess and go see the fucking Darby's. Oh my God, I wish they would stop putting that man on my TV screen. But since they do, I'm gonna say something about him. And I really try, I really try not to talk about their marriage because it's beyond me. 
It's above me. But when Ashley says, we're the Darby Quartet, and she made a couple other mentions last episode, maybe, about those four. We're a family of four now. No, Michael has other children. He has two older children. And to me, and maybe I'm projecting, it's wildly disrespectful for her to act like her and Michael's kids are his only kids. Because we have heard her mention those kids before when it came to her wanting to use one of them as bait and what one of them saw as bait to attack Karen. Okay. And another thing, one last thing about the fucking Darby's. She, the bar is obviously in below hell for Michael. Okay. However, she talking about, I'm surprised at how much thought Michael put into this ring. Girl, you know, like almost every woman that I know that is married with children has that same ring concept with the birthstones and the birth dates. What? It's like the first fucking thing to pop up on Pinterest if you type in Mother's Day gift or gift for the mother of your children slash wife. Go to hell. Whatever. I'm done. I'm tired of talking about that shriveled up mushroom of a man. Okay. Back to Williamsburg. I'm tired of this narrative that Wendy is somehow fake because she was cheering at Juan and Robin's proposal. That was a year ago and it was before you came for me, my marriage, and my family. All right. And Robin's like, oh, I was trying to be diplomatic. If you really were trying to be diplomatic, why did you tag team her with Giselle? Because that's what that was. That was a motherfucking tag team, okay? For Giselle to say, yeah, I'm shady. Giselle, there's a literal line, okay? I'm a bit shady too, all right? I'm not going to deny it. I love to make a jokey joke. I like to throw shade, but it doesn't consume me. It's not the energy I bring into every fucking situation, all right? Even her the next day saying, oh, Wendy, whenever you want to talk, I want to talk to you, not your braids. You could have just stopped at, hey, Wendy, when you're ready, like, I just want to talk. And I, for, okay, for all of y'all, I'd be like, that's what makes a good housewife. No, it's not. Shut the fuck up. If she can't be a good housewife without being a negative, toxic bitch, because that's what she is. She's a negative, toxic bitch. I'm not saying she needs to be off the show, but I'm going to call a spade a spade. Toxic bitch. All right. Then maybe she ain't that good of a housewife. She ain't no sniper from the side. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. All right. And again, like I said last week, just because it's a new calendar day, it doesn't mean that I need to wake up spry, stretched, and be like, I'm ready to talk to the people that wanted to attack me and my family. No. Fuck off. All right. Now, we get to see Karen, Wendy, and Mia all go to the swearing-in ceremony. Now, I'm going to touch on this real quick, all right? All of y'all say it, and maybe this makes me a Karen apologist. All of y'all saying, oh, Karen announced. If you notice, Karen said her speech. She mentioned her family and said, what a great honor. And then she was ready to exit stage left. Ray said, oh, I want to say a few things and came up there and then said, did you tell them the rest of the news? And then Karen was like, okay, yeah, Ladam is expanding. We're making three wick candles. Listen, do y'all expect anything else from Karen? I'm not, I'm not making apologies for her. I'm just saying, do y'all expect anything else from her? No. All right. Back in Williamsburg, a scholar. Uh, Wendy, not Wendy, sorry. Y'all, I don't know why I mix their names up so much. But anyways, Escala, Candace, 
Robin, Giselle all go and play tennis. And they make a little bet. And Giselle's like, oh, somebody got to rub my feet. It would be a fucking cold day in hell before I rub that woman's feet. But Candace, again, trying to be the voice of reason, she is honest and she says, Giselle, you got tension with Karen and Wendy? And listen, do we see a common denominator there? And then by default, Robin has issues with Wendy now. And let me just tell you, Robin talking about, I know who's not invited to my bridal shower or my wedding or my anything. Okay, Robin, are you really having a bridal shower for a man that you've already married, divorced, and are marrying again? Okay, whatever, whatever. I ain't never been in that situation. Let me not talk on it. But let's just say this. After you called Wendy loose, I don't think she necessarily wants to fucking come to anything that celebrates you. I think that's fair to say. And let me just let me just get on this real quick. And I am an engaged woman. All right. I fucking hate when bitches that are engaged get into arguments with people about other stuff and then automatically are like, you know what? You're not coming to my bachelorette party. You're not coming to my bridal shower. Girl, let's talk about the situation at hand. And honestly, truly. If you insult me and then you want to tell me, well, you can't come to this. I don't care. You insulted me. I don't want to fucking go celebrate you, bitch. Fuck your bridal shower. Fuck your bachelorette party. Bye. Fuck your wedding. Fuck. You done already married that man. Whatever. Don't get me started. Now, now, y'all, I don't know. I mean, Mia is new, okay? She was trying to earn her check here, but this was not the way to do it. On the ride back to Williamsburg, Mia tells Wendy that Giselle called her a whack-ass bitch. That's literally not what she said. Y'all know I don't like Giselle. I don't care for Robin, but that's not what they said. No one said whack bitch. Weak bitch, weak bitch. I'm sorry, it was weak bitch. No one said that. There's a difference there, okay? Because I don't agree with Giselle saying maybe Wendy shouldn't be in this group, but if you tell me that somebody called me a weak bitch versus someone saying maybe I shouldn't be in the group, there's going to be two different reactions there. I can maybe have a conversation with somebody who thinks, oh, maybe you shouldn't be in this group. Somebody who calls me a weak bitch, again, let's just fight. Weak where? All right, so we have one last dinner. One last dinner on this Williamsburg trip. And I just want to make it very clear. I need the jumpsuit that Candy Gal wore to dinner. All right? And again, I know I know what I said earlier. I'm I'm not becoming a Candace apologist. I'm maybe I'm becoming like a Candace diplomat, okay? Ambassador for trying to cipher through some of the stuff she says. However, I love that she's calling Giselle out in the moment because Giselle is spewing more shit. And she says, if Wendy decides she wants to grow up and Candace immediately is like, mean, mean, that was mean. Okay. And I also think I rewound it a couple of times. I don't know if it was editing or what, but she says, you act like you've been Wendy's friend for five years. And Giselle says something to the point of, it doesn't matter. My point is, no, it does matter, okay? In your mind, it doesn't matter. But just because in your mind, it doesn't matter doesn't mean it 
doesn't matter to Wendy because again, we're talking about Wendy. You're saying things that directly affect her. And even though you think they don't, they do. Okay. But look, once Giselle sets her sights on a storyline, she doesn't know how to divvy off the past. So can we really blame her? All right. I guess I can give her a gold star for committing. Now, also at the center, let me tell y'all one thing I miss about Virginia is the motherfucking food. Okay. Every time I go to see my mom, I have a list of restaurants that are all seafood based that I absolutely need to be at. Oh my God, that food looks so good. When that chef was talking about the menu, my mouth started watering. Nevertheless, nevertheless, back to the subject at hand. Juan calls Robin at dinner and he literally is like, girl, please shut up. I don't, I was just calling so you could talk to these kids. I don't need to know what the storyline is. Cause she's like, okay, hi, my fake husband. Hi, my fake relationship. When Juan does not give a fuck. And listen, again, I know I have an unpopular opinion here, but like, Robin, what did you think you were doing there? Because if Eddie would have called Wendy at the dinner, she could have picked up her fucking phone and said, oh, hi, my cheating husband. Hi, my ch- my husband who fathered a baby. Like, girl, what? And to be honest, Wendy saying that is worse than Robin being like, oh, hi, my fake husband. Y'all got divorced and you're getting married again. All right? Like, oh my God, please stop, stop, stop. Like, again, another unpopular opinion I have, allegedly. I see y'all calling Wendy fake, but I'm all about the action versus reaction, cause and effect. Why are we here? Because Robin co-signed with Giselle and called Wendy loose because I decided to enhance my body and feel better about myself. I'm not going to stop stressing the fucking fact that when we met Wendy last year, she was two months postpartum. And she's told us that she's literally, they asked her, oh, why do you feel like you needed to do that? Even though they don't deserve that answer. Okay. One, but two, and they also said, oh, you kind of seem like you're acting different. And again, they're acting like they've known this fucking lady for 20 years. They met her when she was two months postpartum. All right. So what that tells me is the fake friends here are actually Robin and Giselle. Because you only want to be my friend if I act a certain way. When you don't really know me all that well. Robin and Giselle gave this energy first. So let's not act like I got here on my own. Literally. Wendy was filming with Robin and Giselle earlier in the season. She was like, oh, hey, y'all, what's up? They're my friends, blah, blah, blah. She didn't just all of a sudden decide that she wanted to cuss them out. Stop, like, please stop this. It's ridiculous. It is so fucking ridiculous. No, I'm not about to sit here and rah, rah, ooh, like I did a year before, before you came for my relationship and my family. Talking about my husband fathers another child? And bringing it onto television. And not not only bringing it onto television, but not bringing it to me on television. Robin and Giselle had a conversation, multiple conversations about Wendy in these rivers. Giselle had the conversation with Ashley. They did not care about whether or not Wendy received the information in the right way. Okay, now, they, yeah, they did their job. There's no arguing that. 
they did their job as housewives for ratings. But what we're not finna do is act like they were trying to be good people there. Loose. Called me loose. Said I lack substance. Okay. You're going to tell me that I lack substance when I literally just logged off a fucking panel on CNN, bitch. Giselle, I saw your fucking commercial for them mink lashes you trying to sell. It was low budget. Okay. In whose Rolls Royce are you driving? Robin. Yeah, you got offers from TJ Maxx and Macy's, but you still sending out orders late. But you want to tell me I'm lacking substance and loose. Get the fuck out of here. Worry about your damn self. I can't. That's going to wrap up the Potomac recap, okay? But next week, oh no, we didn't get next week. We saw the mid-season trailer. Y'all, I need to know why they're throwing this, Sally, because it just cannot simply be because Candace called Wendy's feet big. They are big. Okay, they, they big. That's fine. I got big feet. I wear size 10. It's okay. I cannot wait. I also want to know why in the preview I see Giselle at Karen and Ray's wedding. Or recommitment ceremony, whatever the fuck we're calling that. All right. On that note, let's wrap up this motherfucking episode. Alrighty, y'all. So... As you know, if you follow the Instagram page, this episode ended up being late, which is hilarious because I was so ahead of schedule on it. <laughs> and then work got in the way, my actual job, not this podcast, unfortunately, and laughed in my fucking face. So here we are. But speaking of being late, I probably will be late on my Bravo episodes the next two weeks because it is Labor Day this weekend. Me and my fiance have plans. And then the weekend after that, I have had plans for a while now. And as you know, I already had to change my release schedule um, for Bravo from Monday to Tuesday so I could cover Potomac. Um, and that just got all tricky. So Bachelor in Paradise episodes will still be out on Friday. No problem. Bravo episodes just might be a day or two late the next coming weeks, just to let y'all know. Um, also, I just want to say rest in peace to Greg Leakes. Um, we found out today that he passed away from colon cancer at 66. Um, I loved Greg. I'm a huge Nene stan. It is so tragically sad. Um, but with that being said, we're going to wrap up that episode. Please do not forget to rate me and review me on Apple podcast, five stars, please, please. It gets your girl out there. Gets her voice heard a little bit more. We get some more followers. Okay. Get some fans so I can just do this full time. All right. Um, yes. So rate and review download where you listen to podcasts and also follow me over on Instagram at who asked me podcast. I will talk to y'all on Friday.